Hi everyone, I'm David. I support Gen X Grown Up on Patreon, and you should too. Don't you want to keep this great content coming? So you know what to do. Go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon and just do it. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listeners to this Backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is George. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Mo is here. Hey, everybody. You know, 40 years ago, pop music was just finding its voice in a post-disco environment. (laughs) In this episode, we're going to remember some of the top hits of 1981 as determined by the Billboard Music Charts. 40 whole years ago, some of these songs. I'm going to feel super old this show. (laughs) Today? Oh, now you're going to feel super old. No, finally. (laughs) Especially. This is the thing. No, no, I always feel old. Today I'm going to feel super Super old. old. Super old. Okay. (laughs) Just the fact that you use the term super, that makes you old anyway. Super old. Yeah, you're old just by saying that. I don't know what the current even term is for that. Like, what would be appropriate? Not like me. I'm only hella old, so it's not as bad. Oh, jeez. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible. You get proper slang. really helps. You sound really old at that one, but keep going. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was 2000's Gwen Stefani reference. Nice. Hey, I ain't no hollaback boy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, before we get into these great songs from 1981, it's time for some fourth listener email. And, you know, this one I think, George, you should read. What? You gonna let George read one? Our patron and fourth listener, Stu Monkey, wrote in and the subject line is George and Daria? Daria. Oh, yay. Not only are you gonna force me to read this email, but also I I didn't even get to introduce it. I'm just being stuck into the firing line. All right, fine. Here we go. I'm trying to I'm trying to tee you up and really set you up I for see. success. Yeah. <laughs> you've set me up for many things. Success is not one of them, Not sir. one of them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. From Stu Monkey, he says, Yo, John, just listened to the latest episode. Quite interested in checking out the Profanity documentary on Netflix, yeah. as we all are. And if you don't get mm-hmm. a chance to watch that, you can just listen to one of our podcasts. We provide they write. plenty of profanity. True. True. George will hook you up. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and the other media you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Wanted to drop you a line and say, in your opening intro lately, George's How You Doing Guys sounds about as exciting as watching the animated character Daria from MTV's <laughs> Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Wow. Uh-huh. Hmm. Oh, ouch. Mm. So that happened. Yeah. I'm boring now. So- <laughs> I'm like a damn animated character from the MTV's 90s era. Come on. Now, George, you're a lot of things, but boring is not one of them. Well, that's what he's saying. <laughs> he just said you were low energy. It's okay. Oh. We all have off days. It's right. okay. <laughs> it's okay. You suck. It's all right. Just take it. Here we go. Uh, let's see. He says, I think George needs to up his chipperness at the beginning of the show. Well, this will certainly cause me to do that <laughs> right similarly oh, his to his games intro later oh see that this is kind of like a compliment your games one is so energetic yeah but that one i don't want to do anymore well you should have plenty of energy for the intro, intro then okay i know oh, i guess well. i'll okay. have to now i gotta come up with a new <laughs> intro to the intro all right uh <laughs> picking of course since my last few emails have praised george ah uh, uh. <laughs> okay so he's trying to make up for all the niceties that he's showered mm-hmm. my way i figured i needed to jab him some to earn points with you and mo <laughs> 
<laughs> Keep up the rad work. <laughs> we already love you, Stu Monkey. So he's trying. He's pandering. <laughs> yeah. And we appreciate that, actually. At my expense. <laughs> wow. Well, of course you do. Well, yeah. Uh, he finishes it off by one of our favorite type of uh, closings. He says, may the fourth listener be with mm. you, Stu Monkey. Mm-hmm. Well, he's at least with two of us. So <laughs> He's not with George right now. He's not with George right now. He's decidedly <laughs> he, against George. He's with me and Mo and me. Yep. <laughs> but it is fun always to hear from you guys. Stu Monkey, seriously, just kidding. You know, we love you and we definitely appreciate all your emails. You actually give us quite a bit of really fun insights after we've done these podcasts. Yep. Thanks so much, Stu Monkey. Hey, if you want your email featured here on the show, if you'd like to defend George, you can do that too. Just hit <laughs> us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. We read every single one and most of them make the show just like Stu Monkey's. Okay, I think it is time to dig in to some 1981 pop music. Mo, are you ready? I'm ready. George? Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's one for Stu Monkey, now one for me. George, you ready? (laughs) Yes, I'm ready. Let's go, John. Oh my God, don't do that. Don't do that. Oh, no, 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 no. That that disturbs my worldview. You can't do that. (laughs) Right. Excited George just isn't, it's a cognitive dissonance for me. I can't. Yeah, my brain cannot connect the two. Parallel. Universes are splitting as we speak. (laughs) Get ready to ride into the 80s with 80s Way. (laughs) 80s Wave is packed with almost two hours of new wave hits from 24 of your favorite artists. Get these two brand new CDs free with your paid subscription to Entertainment Weekly. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of... Oh, oh, we're not doing that Sorry, Stu Monkey. Sorry. <laughs> Mess that up. <laughs> oh. No, this is our introduction to hit songs on the Billboard Hot 100 list from 1981. All of these songs are number one hits for a period of time on that chart in 1981. I love the music from this era. This is what I really grew into teenage adulthood from were these songs. What about you guys? This is really starting the music that I loved. So I mentioned mm. in the intro that it's kind of post-disco and a couple of the songs you can even feel the disco influence oh, that we're sure. going to talk about here. Sure, yeah. But it wasn't yet the heyday of what I think of as 80s rock. It was really kind of early, but you could start to feel certainly some of these and that we're going to talk about are still on my playlist. So yeah, definitely the the spawn of the great 80s era. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mo, what about you? I know you're couple of decades older than us, but yeah, yeah. you probably enjoyed some of this stuff if you can remember any of it. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, <laughs> back in the day when we used to beat rocks. Um, <laughs> I mean, to show you how old I am, I was a freshman in high school in 81. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I say wow, but I was a freshman in high school in 85, so, and I'm the youngest yep. of us, so not that yep. far off. Mm-hmm. So these songs, but I, what I found interesting from looking, you know, when we got this list together, it's like, this list is all sorts of music. I mean, it's all over the place as far as 
style. It is, is yeah. right? Yep, yep. It's varied quite a bit. I mean, I know it all gets lumped into pop, but it definitely has influences from all over the place. Like John mentioned, there's some disco influences in there. There's some mm-hmm. country influences in some Hell of yeah. the stuff. Yep. There's definitely some rock influences in some of it. I mean, oh, yeah. there's stuff all over the range. And normally when we do one of these top 10 lists, we have our top 10, and then each one of us usually gets to put in an honorable mention. So we have 13 songs. Mm-hmm. Like a group determined yeah, yeah. list. Yeah. We don't have that in this case because the Hot 100 chart determined the list for us, but we do yep. have 13 songs. The only songs we left off the list are songs that were number one for just one week during that year. Right. Yeah, that Everything else is on this <laughs> list. Right. And there are exactly 13 of those songs that qualify at two weeks or more. Yeah. The first song on the list that stayed number one for two weeks is a classic, not only of the pop charts, but also cinema. Nine to five by Dolly Parton. Mm. Yeah. Okay, good song. Working nine to five What a way to make a living Getting by It's all taking and all You know, that song really takes me back. We were talking about 9 to 5 not too long ago in one of our movie lists, yeah. right? We were right. talking about Dolly Parton and because that whole Because it crew. had its 40th anniversary. It was like a 40th anniversary comedy or something, <laughs> right? Yep, and I'm telling you, this song, it is equal in my mind to that film. Oh, oh it's it, wonderful. Yeah. Just, you, could, you couldn't get away from this song on the radio. I mean, it was playing Mm-mm. all the time. This is an oppressed workers anthem just in the same vein as like take this job and shove it. It's like indignant. Yes. I deserve more. You mm-hmm. damn boss. And it's just, and, and but it's Dolly Parton. She's so sweet, but she's got that little gravel in her voice. She's upset. And it, it really is just a snapshot of the movie. It's written for it. And so why not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is one of those songs that I could see tied into office work stories for future generations. Come like this could have been in an episode of The Office at some point. I could have seen them paying sure homage to that. I mean, it wasn't, yep. but I could have seen it. It could have been in so many things. Could have been in Office Space, that movie. I mean, sure. It absolutely speaks to the culture, which was which was becoming larger at that point. 1981. We were transitioning from the factory working hard class thing more into the corporate office structure in the 80s. That was the start of the Reagan era and greed is good from Gordon Gecko and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, here's Dolly Parton though. She's like, I got to go to work from nine to five. This boss doesn't appreciate mm-hmm. me, all this yeah. stuff. And it also denotes something that we no longer have if you guys haven't noticed. Her song title is nine to five because that was considered an eight hour day back then because That's the a working business yeah. is yeah. Paid for the paid lunch, for lunch hour. Yep. We don't get that anymore. But so it's people often ask me, why was it called nine to five? Why was it not called nine to five? That's why. Yeah. There you go. Yep. And it was also the time that women were starting to go to work because the economy mm-hmm. was such that you needed a two-income household. Yeah. So, and that's a, lot, that's a lot of what 9 to 5 was about. You know, these ladies who were just seen as secretaries and workers, and turns out they were super capable. I love yep. this. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a great song. Well, let's move along to the next song. This is a song that's near and dear to my heart. This was one of my 45 sing-alongs in my bedroom <laughs> when I was that age. So you get the hairbrush out, you put the little 45 on your record player, and you just start jamming out you're standing on your bed because that's the stage and you've got okay i'm revealing a little too much now yeah um, <laughs> i'm having like this tom cruise moment here where i, I see know, him like sliding right? across the floor he's, he's got the stuffed animals around him he's got clyde frog and Polly prissy pants <laughs> hey guys <laughs> oh man all right well let's just go ahead and get to it this is celebration <laughs> by cool and the game oh my god Oh my God, let me tell you, 
this song, I mean, when I grew up, I don't care what the holiday, what the event, I don't, it could have been because it was Tuesday. It didn't matter. Mm-hmm. This song was going to play. Yep. Oh, yeah. If somebody was having any kind of party. It's still like one of the most requested songs at every wedding ever, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, if anyone was having a party for any reason, this song played. Mm. And it should. It, well, of course. The thing that's so neat about it is I don't know if Cool and the Gang planned this. But they're so not specific about what the celebration is. Yeah. So even though this is huge at weddings, this could be a bar mitzvah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This could oh, be a it, birthday. I've been to bar mitzvahs, but this is played. This yeah. could be, it's it's Friday or we're done working. It just says, let's celebrate. There's an occasion and there's a million reasons to play this song. And they took advantage of every one of them. Yep. It was I did a little uh, fact searching on this song. And apparently when the guy played the song for his mom before it was released, she says, you better get used to playing that song because you can be playing it for the rest of your life. <laughs> Ah, yep, you're right. Like one of the guys in the band, you mean? Yeah. Yep. Oh man, that's crazy. Yep. And she was right. She was dead on. I mean, they're going to be playing that song until there are no. Like there could be one member left of that group. Like 20 years from now, there's only one guy. Like it'll just be cool. There'll be no game. That'll be the only guy left, and he'll still have to play this song with like a tape back, <laughs> or it might be just a drummer, and he just has to sit there and drum. No, it's funny. I found also about this song, Cool Again. This was their only number one. No, they had really? lots of top tens, but this is the only number one. Huh. Wow. wow, that's crazy. That's kind of like Bruce Springsteen never having a number one. Yeah, is that nuts? But yeah, right. It's odd. Remember the Iran hostage crisis that was going oh, on yeah. in the early eighties? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, it started with Carter, and then it transitioned into Reagan. That's that was, right. Yep. It's yeah. like they waited until Reagan took office, right, and then, and then they were like, "Oh, we don't want to mess with the cowboy." And they gave him back. That's right. <laughs> when those freed fifty-two American hostages stepped off the boat, celebration is what was playing when they when they arrived back on <laughs> American soil. Of course. And you know what they were all thinking? They were all thinking, "What the hell is this song? We've never heard this. We were captured in captivity." <laughs> right. Nobody played right. this song over there. We didn't get a chance to hear this song. What are you talking oh, about? Here we be like, "Where's hey. Frank Sinatra?" Damn it! They're like, "Hey, this is kind of catchy." <laughs> they wrote a new song just for us. <laughs> they wrote a song just for us. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. I mean, great songs. We got to get one more, though, in on this segment. This is a song that is a little near and dear to my heart just because of my country upbringing in music. And I'm not saying this guy was strictly a country musician because obviously he's on the Hot 100 chart here. But this is I Love a Rainy Night by Eddie Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wake up to a sunny day because I love a rainy night. Yeah, I love a rainy night. Well, I love a rainy night. Well, I love a rainy night. Ooh, ooh, oh, man. I love that song. Still, to this day, this is one of those songs that my parents would let me listen to in the car and not change the channel, you know, because I was always trying to get it back to the pop chart music right, station or whatever. Right, because it wasn't rock. It was technically, mm. it was released as a country song, but it was a huge crossover hit. Yeah. So oh, it, it was released pop charts, adult contemporary country. It was all over the place. Wow. Yeah, it was everywhere. And it was, and Eddie Rabbit at that time, early 80s, he was huge. I mean, he had, I don't know how many country hits at that point. Oh, that explains why I never heard of him before this. Yeah. yeah. No, he's a country artist, for sure. Yeah. yeah. He was also very well known and had a really successful tour with another country singer named Juice Newton. Oh, yeah. Uh, she had a song, Mo, you might remember, called Queen of Hearts, playing with the Queen oh, of yes. Hearts. Yes. That's yeah. her. And I saw the two of them, and they both sang her Queen of Hearts song and his song at that concert in Panama City behind the old shipwreck island water park <laughs> okay. like when, before yeah. it was a water park it was just a big field and they had set up this makeshift stage 
and brought them there and they played to, I don't know, there's probably like a couple thousand people there just That's in the cool. field listening to those two play all night long. It was, I think, nice. what was I, 10 years old roughly, maybe 11. I don't remember when the concert was exactly, but yeah. oh man, love this When I song. think of this song, the only thing I can think of, I, I, I love the song. Uh, Eddie Rabbit, a great song here, but what I think of more often than not is it's that Weird Al Yankovic kind of phenomenon where you think of the parody more is the Urban Chipmunk cover of I Love a Rainy Night by Alvin uh, and the Chipmunks. Because I had that LP. I didn't own the Eddie Rabbit album, but I had the Urban Chipmunk album. And they and Alvin and the Chipmunks do a great cover of this that's really faithful to it, actually. It's fun. <laughs> I don't crazy. know why, but I always associated the song with truck driving for some weird reason. And so I thought you would have that attachment to it because I know your father was a truck driver. And yeah. it, I'm not saying it says anything about truck driving in the song whatsoever, but just... I don't know why. I just always associated it with that. Well, a lot of those in that era, early 80s, a lot of country music was truck driving songs, but there were a lot mm. more that were bigger than that that I associate with trucking. But hey, days on the road, now I'm going to make it home tonight. All that <laughs> kind of stuff. But, but yeah. I don't know that one either. That <laughs> <laughs> was just all kind of contributions on this song. I'm telling you. Screw you, country. <laughs> but I know this song, though. I do know this song. So it's all about disco, none about country. Is that right, No, Mo? No country. Yep. I, I, my, I, my, my first exposure to country music is when I went to college. Wow. Mm. Wow. And, a roommate and he said exposure really like it was a disease. Did you notice right. that, John? That's right. I, no, I was first infected by country. I was never exposed to country I haven't even got my music. second vaccine shot from it yet, but <laughs> yeah, damn it, I, I, I was exposed I heard this to this place it. like upstate that they listen to this kind of music. <laughs> listen at the disgust in his voice. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, for me, uh, I was like, oh, country, you're one of those people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you like country? No. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On PressBox Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on PressBox Access. All right, so we got more hits that only lasted two weeks on the charts that we have to go through. Mm, there was right. quite a few, but this first one, I don't think I've ever been to an 80s, like any kind of 80s band at the you know retro at the a bar here, anything that this song has not played mm -hmm. or they haven't done a cover of it, mm, which is okay. Jesse's Girl by Rick Springfield. I want to call absolute bullshit. This was only number one for two weeks. I this was just thinking the same thing. Song <laughs> that the phrase I had in my head was, are we sure this wasn't only for two weeks? But I'm the one who collected the damn data and built the spreadsheet, so I know it really was only two <laughs> right. weeks. I mean, it was probably in the top ten forever, I'm sure. Now, if you don't know how many weeks it was on the John's top ten, it's going on like 470 <laughs> weeks. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> there are people who associate this song with the eight six seven five three zero nine, saying that's Jesse's girl's phone number. That's Jesse's number, <laughs> yeah, right, right. They turn out to build the the eighties musical cinematic universe and to run these songs together, right? <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. And sung by Rick Springfield, who massive, massive in the early 80s, right? I mean, mm -hmm. he was an actor on a soap opera. Then he had the one little That's bit right. part on Battlestar Galactica as Apollo's younger brother who gets killed. Yeah. Then he goes into superstardom with these songs right after that. I mean, his name was everywhere. He ended up even doing a whole bunch of Broadway-style things in Vegas, if I remember correctly, didn't he? I, I would be surprised. This, this is going to be sad. There's only like a couple <laughs> facts I remember about him. One is that he dated Linda Blair. Okay. Oh, that's right. The Exorcist. Yep. When she was 15. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a little yeah. creepy. <laughs> and then he was Australian. <laughs> that's about it. And number two, he was Australian. <laughs> yeah, that's all I remember. We're not associating those two things together, by no, the way. If there's not, any Australian not, there's no relationship there. It's just, it's just, a, just a, two separate facts are no correlation. But the thing is also, I mean, honestly, I can't think of another one of his songs, to be quite honest. I mean, I, mean, I know he was popular. This certainly dominates the headlines when it comes to Rick Springfield, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, it dominates it so much. I'm almost slightly embarrassed to say that when he was super popular, we went to visit some of my cousins in Kentucky, and one of my aunts, she owned a barbershop, and I asked and she gave me a Rick Springfield haircut. <laughs> I will pay money for that picture. <laughs> I don't know if there's one that exists. I will pay good money. That's going in the gallery with the mullet. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, right. Are you kidding me? Now, he, we know where his mom lives, right, John? Yeah, That's right. I, but yeah, this aunt it. is dead, so. Oh, all right. Yeah, now, My mother might have the there's, picture. There's I don't pictures know. somewhere. There might be. This mm. song is so wonderfully creepy, though. The whole concept is, yeah. your girlfriend is awesome. I wish I had her. I'm just imagining you having sex with her and hugging her and kissing her, and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> crazy song, isn't it's it? It's really creepy. It's definitely one of these stalker songs. But it's such a good song. The lyrics just flow so well, and the rhythm and the, everything about it is just, you don't have to listen to the lyrics to like it. It's just a yeah. really good driving song. I love it. It really is. What's uh, what's that police stalker song that every breath, every you, breath take, you take, right? You put these two songs together. Oh, yeah. That's a creepy individual right there. That's I'm an A-side, B-side of a stalker right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> With obsession, then we're there, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, he's done some crazy... Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, so the next one on our list for two weeks on the top is Morning Train by Sheena Easton. Oh, yeah. Until we put on the list, I did not connect her with this song, to be honest. I don't know why. Oh, it was her first hit song, actually. Of I just any. thought it was somebody else. I don't know why. <laughs> Background on this song, she released another song in the UK before this song. This song was released in the UK a little bit after that as 9 to 5. That's why it's uh -oh. called Morning Train 9 to 5. And the reason why... Hence the confusion. Yeah, We just talked about Dolly Parton's song 9 to 5 was released in the same time period in the US. So they switched the title of this song to Morning Train in order Smart. to keep it separate from the Dolly Parton song. Someone was thinking. Oddly enough, it's been remade in like five other languages, and I was looking at some of the titles, and none of them make any damn sense whatsoever. Like in one place, it was the guy on the corner with the cigarette. I'm like, what the fuck? What does that mean? <laughs> you know, the weird thing about this song to me, I enjoy it, but it's mm -hmm. such a, it doesn't match up with Sheena Easton because Sheena Easton was such a strong woman and a feminist yeah. and spoke for rights and everything. And this song is about about, oh, my man is off to work and I'll wait at home I'm for him. When he home. gets home, he'll entertain me and we'll watch movies <laughs> yeah. together. La, 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 la. And, I, and she didn't write this, which is pretty no, obvious. she but did it not. Doesn't, it's not a Sheena Easton song, but
but it's one of her biggest hits, unfortunately. Uh-huh. It's like yeah. it doesn't yep. match her. Maybe that's why I never connected with her. Maybe just the topic. But yeah, it is what it is, and it's a great song. It's like it's not on brand. Oddly enough, the songs that she's most associated with, she didn't write either. They were all written by Prince. So mm-hmm. go figure. Right. Oh, well, yeah, he was a he big go, fan. Went of hers. to a good source, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> Next on our list is by the probably the most famous song, one of the most famous song duos of all time, and that is Private Eyes by Hall and Oates. Another creeper song. They're watching you. I know. They're it's exactly. <laughs> what the hell was with 1981 and all the creeper stuff? Could you think of a consecutive couple months where there wasn't a new Hollow Note song that was a top hit? <laughs> oh, they no. Were no. They were beasts. Oh, Matter yeah. of fact, there's another one on this list. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I know. That's not, not the only Hollow Note song, right? No. They're the only group on this list twice in 1981. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, somebody might have been in the one-week category, but they're certainly the only one on our list that has at least two weeks or more. I remember the video for this because MTV was brand spanking new when this happened. Brand new, right? Yep. And I always thought the video looked kind of cheap. I mean, it did, right? They always did. The Hall of Notes yeah, videos were always then. weird looking. Yeah, but that's because they hated making music videos. Yeah. And so they just said, "Look, we got to do this." They found a place that was cheap. They had a certain amount of time. They're like, "Okay." They did it on the fly and just said, "Okay, great." Poor we have John a video. Oates always having to wear the super short kids outfit from Miami Vice. That <laughs> yeah. poor guy. Oh, you yeah. can see like he's Come just on. strumming the guitar in the background doesn't give a shit about that video ever <laughs> no and daryl hall's out there with that one swinging arm dance move thing that he would do kind of like the carlton from fresh prince a little bit oh man you could tell they hated doing those videos they were trying to put something visual to the theme of the song which is like mm-hmm. they're like this juxtaposition of all the machinations and the tricks and the games you play inside of a relationship but also like if you're a spy all the tricks and subterfuge you have to pull all those damn eyes like yeah. Yeah, and in the mist and everything, and kind of yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Trench coats. It's like before they figured out what a music video could be. It's just right. oh, let's whatever the song's about. Let's get in trench coats, right? Like the damn man eater song that they did later with the Black Panther strolling around yes. in the yep. bla- oh, oh yeah. Like, come on, get it? Like he's eating a guy. Get it? Man eater. You get it? Yeah, yeah. It's a man eater. I get it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so the last one for this segment in our two week number one hits is Rapture by Blondie. a lot of history about this song right yeah oh my god yeah i mean one i was a big blondie fan back then because she had you know she was also huge in disco and uh-huh. they said this is one of those kind of crossover ish mm-hmm. and so this song also there was a girl i like that really liked the song too so you know what are you gonna oh. do? Well, that didn't hurt <laughs> yep <laughs> what are you gonna do you know did she dress like deborah harry because that was a big thing in the 80s like dressing like your pop icon person that you were infatuated with mm-hmm. like people would like dress as madonna did, or prince madonna you got the, the fingerless mesh gloves right you don't <laughs> see that these days like i don't see people running around dressed like nelly or whoever the hell's popular right now i don't know th- yeah. th- that, that may not be a bad thing <laughs> now if we're talking about rapture we have to call out the fact that this is the first number one hit song that had rap in it mm, is that yes. crazy there had been other hits but not yep. number one this is the first right. one and it's the most ridiculous rap ever <laughs> the man from mars eating cars eating bars going to stars what, what the hell's up with the man from mars it's ridiculous rap it's like how many words 
words end in ARS, let's put them all in the yeah, fucking song. Let's put them all in this song <laughs> about rapture for some reason. Right. <laughs> Did you get raptured into the bar where you were eating cars? Is that what happened? I no clue. <laughs> but it was a gimmick that absolutely caught on and it it's it, it made it novel. Mm-hmm. It's like if you heard that weird song with the talking in it, and people that didn't know what rap was would hear it, and that sure didn't hurt yeah. it. Yeah. They said that a lot of like the big people who actually made rap what it is, they said this was like the first rap song they ever heard on the radio. Like a first sure. song with a rap in it. Yeah, because it's so mainstream. Yeah. yeah. And she mentions of one of the pioneers of rap, Fab Five Freddy, right? And they're mm-hmm. in the video. Yeah. Like she walks in front of them at one oh, point okay. when they're on that real weird little set. It's kind of like a Hall & Oates set, but even cheaper. Yeah, probably the same if set. If you can imagine. Like it looked like something off of Sesame Street and she's walking around and there's a car there <laughs> and there's the guys in the background and they're snapping their fingers. And I'm like, oh, come on. Now I'll pay to see some Muppets rapping this stupid rap. That'd be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that this was actually Blondie's? I think this was like their uh, their last number one hit. I think mm, was really? this song. Huh. Yep. Wow. I mean, I know that they only had one or two other songs that I personally heard of, and that makes sense because I didn't really listen to disco music in the '70s because I was mm-hmm. brought up on country music more. Um, but yeah, yeah, I didn't really hear too much from them. You mean you weren't exposed to it? I mean, no, I, I had the vaccine, <laughs> just like his country. <laughs> I got the Bee Gees beta blocker for sure. Ooh, ooh, okay. <laughs> well, now you see what you want to be. Just have your party on TV. Because the man from Mars won't eat up bars where the TV's on. Travel through the spectrum of today's sound on KTEL's Dimensions with Rick Springfield. Pablo Cruz. Pat Benatar. Dimensions with Hollow Notes. The Manhattan Transfer and the Stars on 45. Energize with Billy Squire and Juice Newton. Dimensions, part of KTEL's Sound Celebration, available at these and other fine stores. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. We're about halfway through our list now, and now we're up to songs that were on the number one spot for more than two weeks. It just gets better from here, working its way up. Mm -hmm. The first one we have is the second one that came directly from the soundtrack of a major motion picture. It was on the Billboard Hot 100 number one spot for three weeks, and this is Christopher Cross with Arthur's theme. After hearing this song, I have to go back and rewatch that movie. Right? Really? I don't. 
<laughs> no. in, the, in the good Arthur's movie, not the piece of shit 2000 one. Really? Arthur was a great movie. I no, love that movie. No, because there was that damn remake. Oh, that was terrible. Did they remake it? Yes, they yeah. did. It was that bad. Yeah. You don't even know that they remade it. That's how fucking bad it was. That makes and sense. certain movies yep. should just oh, not be awful. remade. And this no. is one of them. And I like Russell Brand. He's a fine actor, and he's a great comedian. But Jesus Christ, leave Dudley Moore the hell alone, man. Okay, we're digressing. True. <laughs> but the song <laughs> that totally Christopher Cross did, <laughs> which is what we should be talking about, as Mo pointed out, was really awesome. Best that you can do from the moon to New York City. I mean, some of those lyrics are just priceless. That's awesome. He came up with that while he was stuck on the tarmac in a plane. What? He yeah. was stuck between the moon and New York City. He could see the moon out the window. He was stuck on the tarmac. They were delayed. He even told the stewardess when they got off, being on this flight inspired me to write a song. You'll know it when you hear it. And that's all he told her. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep. Yeah, and this song oh. won, actually won an Oscar, I think, for best song, didn't it? That makes That's sense. That's right. It won an Oscar. It absolutely did. Wow. Yeah. That means it beat out Dolly Parton's 9 to 5. They were both in the same year. I call shenanigans. Much better song, 9 to 5. <laughs> so. so it turns out because of you know the, the Oscar calendar, this was actually Christopher Cross's song won for the following year because of where it fell, because the, the movie came out late in the year. Right. Dolly Parton's was in the year before was nominated, 9 to 5, but it lost mm -hmm. to fame. Oh. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. It's going to be hard to argue that one. Yeah. So. So, yeah. There you go. If those two were up against each other, Dolly Parton beats Christopher Cross. But Fame, that might beat Nine to Five. That was an iconic song that spawned a, mm -hmm. you know the TV yep. series afterwards and everything because nobody gave a shit about that movie. That movie was not that great, <laughs> but the song yeah. was awesome. Well, and it's very disco-y, so Mo liked it a lot. All right, let's move along to the next one on our list. This also was on the Hot 100 for three weeks, and this is you alluded to it earlier, George. This is another Hall and Oates jam. Kiss on my list. sounds like you should be saying like kiss my ass on this list no, but that's not no, the no, title of no, this no, song not at all <laughs> if you listen to this song back to back with private eyes it's almost the same song it's like they were cheating mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it's a similar bass line and sim similar chord progression but i didn't care kiss on my list is still awesome yeah yeah I always thought this was, for years, I thought it was kisses on my lips. It's very misunderstood, yeah. Right? <laughs> I always yep. thought that, oh, and I was yeah. like, oh, I was wrong. You know, I misunderstood so many lyrics from 80 songs. I don't know if it was because my ears were young or I was impatient and all I wanted to do was sing along with the song, so I just made up whatever mm -hmm. I thought I heard as I was singing. But I did that sure. all the damn time. That's I okay. I <laughs> rarely got a song right all the you way You know, through. you were talking, Mo, about the fact that it is misunderstood lyric. So many people think this is a love song about it's how, oh, I can't wait to kiss you and you uh, love everything about you and, and your kisses on my lips and all that kind of thing. But it's actually like an anti-love song. It's like he's listing his favorite things and your kiss is one of the things on my list that is fantastic. It's not like elevating his partner. It's saying, yeah, I love this too. It's another one of the things on my list. It's not saying you're the greatest thing ever. You're just another thing that I love. That sounds an awful lot like you've got some personal experience that's no, biasing I'm not against you the against song. the song. That sounds like some girl said, John, your kiss is on my list, but so is snorkeling, so fuck off. I'm going swimming. No, while that didn't exactly happen to me, you get the point. It's just, it's a list of things he likes. It just happens to be you two. Yeah. You're cool. <laughs> You're all right, I guess. Oh, man. <laughs> I just see John getting rejected in high school mm -hmm. now. Damn Wait, it. Why are you bringing oh, back terrible memories? Don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> John, your kiss is on my list. Is it the top but of your list? <laughs> no, it's just, it's down there a ways. <laughs> 
All right. Move, let's move this thing along. Moving on. This one was on. We're really cranking them now. This was on the number one spot for four weeks. Wow. A whole month. Ooh. Yep. And this is a Beatle come back to haunt the charts again with another hit. This is John Lennon with Just Like Starting Over. You know, it just dawned on me, this has to be not too long before he was assassinated. The, the song, the day the song was released was the day that Chapman bought the gun that killed him. That's right. Yeah, I'd read that trivia too. Oh, Crazy, right? Crazy. God, that's awful. So on that depressing note, I have some good trivia, though. Right, right. <laughs> do you have anything nice to say about this song, though? So, um, do you know that was the first single that he released in over five years? Really? Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense. This is 81, right? Yeah, so. right. Beatles were over. He was off doing his own thing, kind of living in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yep. Mm. I wonder how long had they been separated as a group at that point? Uh, 10 years. Wow. Yeah, it's been a wow. while. It's been a while. Yeah, at least Man. 10 years. I think the Beatles broke up in 70s. And did we have any other songs of his that hit number one after this? Uh, yeah, I don't imagine. Remember? Imagine. Imagine was imagine. after this? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was released posthumously. Yeah, it was. I thought Imagine was before. Okay, gotcha. All right. Yeah. Man. But, you know, mm. and of all the songs on this list, this is probably my least favorite. Not a huge John Lennon solo artist fan myself. It's good, it's quality, but it's not one that I go back to time and again. If I'm going through on Spotify and Starting Over comes on, I'm like, meh, next. I just kind of sit past it. Maybe I'm doing a disservice, but it just, it's just not my cup of tea. If I'm going to listen to a John Lennon solo song, it's going to be Imagine. Yeah. Yo, right, exactly. Yeah, fantastic. Not this. For me, it'd probably be uh, the Christopher Cross song because I'm like, oh, easy listening. It just, it just screams. That's the one you would skip? Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> like, I'm in an elevator, the song comes on. That's what I would hear. Yep. Christopher Cross definitely pioneered Muzak, I think, without knowing <laughs> that he did. You, you can take his music, take out the lyrics, and it's perfect for the elevator. Yep. yep. <laughs> Pump up the volume and let the music play. It's Absolute 80s. And the night of love, yeah. Absolute 80s is packed with almost two hours of top hits from 24 of your favorite artists. Get these two brand new CDs free with your paid subscription to Entertainment Weekly. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book. And together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.
it's time to hit the big hitters on the number one hit Hot 100 hit list. Can I say the word hit any more times? I, in a uh, you have to. If you're talking yeah. about hit music, you have to say yeah, hit know, four or five right? times. Is, is, right? these, these were hits, that's for sure. <laughs> these were hits, absolutely. And these were all hits for longer than a month, right? For longer than a month, absolutely. I mean, no more two-week or three-week shenanigans here. These are songs that start at six weeks wow. on the number mm-hmm. one spot on the Hot 100 Billboard list. I mean, in 1981, that was pretty crazy. I mean, songs yeah. lasted two, three weeks usually. That's why we had so many kind of tied for two and three weeks. Yep. But six weeks? Woo! Yeah, but that's crazy. I will say, this song is very deserving of that six-week spot. It's Physical by Olivia Newton-John. Oh, right! <laughs> Yoga was all the rage. Well, this wasn't even yoga. This is jazzercise, man. No, I know. You're yeah, right, right. Aerobics. This is the whole remember? aerobics. Yeah. Yeah, the whole <laughs> fitness trend. Right. All that stuff. And I remember the video, and mm-hmm. they try to hide the fact that this is a song about sex. Yeah, I know. Having it, and it's, <laughs> it's so in a much gym, is. and there's all these fat guys that she's not attracted to. And leg warmers on yes. and headbands. <laughs> I associate oh, this song with the film Perfect with her and John Travolta. Do you remember yes. that? Right on the oh, same yes. era, Absolutely. I think. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yo, this song came out, I think it was like a month or two after MTV debuted. So they played the hell out of it, didn't they? They, they played this thing. Because yep. when it was like an early fully produced music video, right? Because yes. a lot of them, like, like the Hall & Oats ones, where they were like, right. yeah, this was not the Hall & Oats production, no. No, <laughs> like, they had character actors and right. background people, yeah, they mm-hmm. had all kinds of Although the stuff. set was just some exercise equipment, but still. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, you know, Olivia Louis- <laughs> John, you know, she was easy on the eyes. I didn't mind looking at her over this whole thing, so No, and she was coming off of um, some starring film roles. She had been in Greece a few years earlier, right? She was in the movie John's Talking About Perfect with John Travolta. Mm-hmm. Yep. Again, one of her movie partners, you know, I mean, which is basically a jazzercise movie, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. But this song, Let's Get Physical, John's right. It definitely was all about sex, but because it didn't get filthy with the lyrics, it could appeal to a huge audience. Like, my mother loved this song, had no clue what it was about. Oh, I know. Well, if you didn't but listen too closely, well, yeah, exactly. if you know the lyrics, well, there's like a lyric that goes, There's nothing left to talk about unless it's horizontal. Horizontal. Like, yeah. ooh, goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that song, Afternoon's Delight. It was like, Oh, oh what yeah. a great song. Sure. And I was like, wait a minute, what's that about? Oh, what a great folk song. Oh, it's about having a good time. Yeah, it is. Right? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a video, though, physical. That is, that's just so 80s. You would look at that, you just say, that's 80s. Oh, yeah. It's neon, it's leg warmers. Bright, oh, yeah. Neon right. colors. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It was awesome. And there's, there's no bigger contrast to that song than the next song on our list. Mm, the next song on our jam. list stayed number one for nine wow. weeks. That's crazy. And it was actually one of the first hit songs for one of these artists as a pseudo solo, like he had left his group at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yep. Endless Love by Diana Ross and Lionel Richie. And You 
may yawn, John. You may yawn. For being the but... number two song on this top 13 we have, this song is a snoozer. It puts me it's, to sleep. It's you a great just song. didn't have a girlfriend at this time. That's, that's your right. problem. She took your kiss off her list, and then this song came out. And <laughs> that's why you didn't like this song. That's right. She wouldn't get physical. Oh, yeah. All those problems. Yeah. So why why is it it's so It's a beloved? beautiful song. It's beautiful, right. But I, It's a beautiful song. And number one, uh, okay. it was a part of an iconic film, right? Yeah. Right, but same name, right? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's kind of like 9 to 5 with Dolly Parton. It was also a very dark film, which I yeah. thought was perfect with the lyrics and the style of the song. It was the whole song. You know, we talked about the creeper vibe in some of these other songs. Mm-hmm. This song yep. absolutely could be interpreted that way and especially if you see the film before you hear the song you could yeah. definitely understand this is stalker gonna kill myself and your whole fucking family because that's kind of what the movie was mm-hmm. yeah I mean, see i knew the reasons i didn't like well it. yeah yeah you have two motown icons yeah. singing this song together diana ross and lionel richie it's hard to find a better duo oh power duet I, I, look yeah. I, I respect the talents and i respect the writing and i it just the song doesn't do it for me i'm sorry <laughs> i can't do it but i respect the nine weeks there's no poetry in his heart <laughs> nine weeks at number one i respect yeah i think this was back in the time john you probably know more about this than i do mo maybe you do as well these songs were determined for the number one spot i think by how often they were played on the radio at that point or was it, it was by radio, how many radio records play had been purchased? Yeah. It was radio yeah yeah radio, radio player time yep. yeah so that's something that isn't a thing now i would think yeah they switch it to sales at some point they yeah. would have to right because yeah. how do you I mean, you're going to get all these services, Spotify and whatever else, to Tracking give you all, all their stats mm-hmm. and everything. And well, yep. I mean, I guess like, I'm not sure how you would know. Like, I wonder how they do determine it now. It's got that's to be weird. by sales. It's how many YouTube subscribers is all it goes by. How many oh, YouTube subscribers? Yeah. <laughs> how many hits do you have on social? How many likes? Right. How many followers? Oh, you're number one. All right. <laughs> but think about that. For this song to be on the top of the charts for nine yeah. weeks, how much airplay did it have to have to it do was that? Constant. Yeah, uh, probably twice an hour at least on every stage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, that's you, that's what. You know, maybe that's the problem. Maybe I just got burned out on this song. Maybe that's why sure. it doesn't do it for me. Maybe I heard it too much. Yeah, that's true. And you would think if, if that were true, though, a lot of these songs would have that problem. But yeah, yeah, especially the next one. Right, George? Yeah, the next one. I mean, not only was it number one on the chart for another nine consecutive weeks, mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. also number one at the end of the year on the Hot 100 Billboard year end chart. This was the top song Good. for the entire year. Good. Deservedly so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that is Betty Davis Eyes by Kim Carnes. Mm-hmm. She's got Betty Davis Eyes. She'll turn her music on you. You won't have to think twice. She's pure as New York snow. She got Betty Davis Eyes. Oh, this is one of those earworm songs. Like, once I hear it, and it goes off the radio, and I walk in the store, and I'm still Benny Davis. I mean, I'm singing it the whole time. It's so good. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. This, the guitar riffs in this thing. This mm. is what I, I never get tired of. This. Man. Thing. Yeah. I, this is one of those songs I'll be driving down the road with my family, and it'll pop up on my Plex app as because it's in my Plex server. 
and I'll just be jamming to the song, and my kids will be looking, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, and who's Betty Davis? <laughs> yeah, who is that? Yeah. Who are you talking like, about? This is one of the best songs ever. What are you, crazy? You can't understand? This doesn't infect you right away? And they're like, no, not really. Nope. You know, I'd never heard this back in the day. I don't know if you guys had or not, but so oh, yeah. the vocals, the Kim Carnes vocals in this are so mm. cool. They're like raspy, and it's just really getting into it. And apparently many people mistakenly thought it was Rod Stewart singing. <laughs> Really? What? Yeah, I not, I never heard that, but I read it in several places that it was often mistaken, not like a mistaken lyric, but mistaken artist because they said it sounds like a like almost a falsetto Rod Stewart is equivalent to Kim Carnes in this song. And I huh. kind of if you yeah, squint I mean, your ears, yeah, you can hear yeah, it. If you squint your ears, <laughs> that's right. If you squint your ears, and, yeah. I don't know. I could see this style of song being Rod Stewart because he was certainly known for this type of power ballad kind of music. But Kim Carnes is incomparable in this song. I don't think that there was anybody more associated with a particular song than she is with this song on this list. Yep. And oh, the yeah. only reason why I say that is because Tommy Two-Tone is not on this list with <laughs> right. 8675309. Not right? Yeah. And I don't think she's a one-hit wonder. I think she had other hits. I'm not 100% sure, but... Oh, she did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Not this big, I don't but not think. This, yeah. not this big. She would make the top 100, maybe, but not mm-hmm. anything like this. Sure. You know what I didn't realize at the time was that I always associated Betty Davis with like the black and white era. And yeah. I didn't realize that when this song came out, Betty Davis was still alive. She was around. Mm-hmm. She yeah. got to yeah. hear this song and she wrote letters to Kim Carnes and the songwriters to say that she was a fan of it and to thank them because mm. it made her cool in her granddaughter's eyes because she had a song written about her. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that nice? Actually, it's funny because when I heard this song, my dad's like, you know who Betty Davis is? I was like, yeah, she's an actress. I knew she was like an old-timey actress, right? right? With yeah, quotes yeah. around it. And he's like, just shook his head and we went out and went to the Blockbuster and he rented um, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Jersey uh. watched it because she was known for her eyes. Mm-hmm. And now you yep. get it. And I was like, the <laughs> song is like even cooler. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> if this could have been like in one of those Daryl Hall, John Oates songs where her eyes were focused in the background. Her eyes could have been in every one of these music videos. I mean, she was iconic, and this was an iconic song dedicated to her. I love that about it. And it makes people remember Betty Davis even more so, because not only from her film work, but like you said, people get exposed to who the hell is Betty Davis, or what, and then you get, find out more about her. It was almost like a love letter to her, and it cemented her in pop culture beyond even her film work, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. Chill and here's you just to please you she's got better day besides five great players the harlem globetrotters introduce another winning team the quintet the new portable component system from jvc a metal tape cassette deck a powerful amplifier four band tuner and two full-range bass reflex stereo speakers. And when you're ready to hit the road, the JVC Quintet snaps together so you can carry it anywhere. The Quintet from JVC. Five great performers that play perfectly together. If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy. Plus, you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. 
not every one of them might have been beloved by every single one of us, but I think we can all agree this is a great lineup. What a playlist this is to put oh, these geez. 13 songs together and such a slice of 81. Oh, man, this has been a lot of fun. Before we wrap up this show, we always like to take just a second here toward the end to give our huge heartfelt thanks to all the folks that support us financially over on Patreon. And I'm talking to you... <gasps> Dan, Misso, Marks, Two Monkeys, T, and David, Ben, Agile, Dana, Levi, T2, Chet, Slomo, Blasteter, Stash, Matt, Davis, Jonathan, H, Adam, Mike C, Jason, Chewbacca, Thomas, Tony, Marcus, Chad, Butter Spider, Lee, Arlem, Greg, L, Travis, Sean, Shelby, and Greg Z. Oof. Each and every one of these folks give a few bucks every single month to support what we do here on the podcast, over on YouTube, and on the website. If you would like to add your name to that roster and support independent content creators, George, <laughs> tell the fourth listeners how they get that done. I am happy to do that, sir. All you have to do is go to genxgrownup.com Patreon or mm. patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Once you're there, you just create a free account. Then you can decide how you want to give more to get a little bit more from us. But John, that is not the only way the people who listen to this podcast can support us. Ooh. They can head over to our YouTube channel. Yeah. And we have now been authorized by the YouTube giants to include a brand new <laughs> button on our videos. It says Ooh. join. You click that, yes. you can become a YouTube member for $2.99 a month. Yep. And you get all kinds of fun stuff there as well. All these little icons and little tags and whatnot. And that member list currently includes <gasps> Miss. So Mike M, Stubaka, Mike B, T2, Blasted and Stash, and Doc, and Marcus. Thank you guys so much for becoming mm, some of our mm, first mm. YouTube members. Love them. I want that list to get much longer so George and Mo have a lot of trouble reading that list. <laughs> that's my goal. I plenty <laughs> enough problems getting started with that list. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, lots of ways to support us if you're into what we do. Thank you so much for listening to this show. We will be back in two weeks with another Backtrack, but next week with a regular edition of our show. And until then, I'm John. Mo, thank you so much for being here. Oh, man, always Fun. George, you know I appreciate you. Yes, sir. And fourth listener, it's you we all appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? Jidex Grown-Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. No shows till sunrise. Unacceptable for grown-ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown in this episode, we're going to remember some of the like top like hit. Thing. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> and blooper number two. Blooper number two. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Mo decides okay, to interrupt up. John in the middle of his That's okay. Well, he was just disparaging disco, which... Well, keep like, and it Mo has gets it pissed about disco. I just said some shit about the Bee Gees, and I thought I was going to get cut. Shit has it coming. <laughs> Sorry. Keep going. <laughs> I mean, number one, Deborah Carey, an incredible vocal talent. Harry. Debbie, Debbie Harry. Deborah Harry. I keep saying Carey because I keep thinking of Harry Carey from the Chicago Cubs, and that's a completely different <laughs> that's voice. That's a totally different person. <laughs> that's not the same person. <laughs> and the Mars from, from Mars. Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. That would be hilarious. <laughs> George, last time you had a great idea on how to plug the Patreon and then segue into the members. I'm like, I did? Yeah. What was my idea? <laughs> yeah, that's, it was your idea. Let me tell you what it was. Okay. <laughs> but John, that's not the only way that R54, fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the only way to fuck me. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, good. All right, here we go. Well, hey, podcast listener. My name is Vince, and I'm the host of a show called The RR Show. It stands for Reddit Readings. We're going to sit down twice a week, and I'm going to bring you the most entertaining stories from all of the best subreddits that exist online. Things like malicious compliance, petty revenge, hey, lady, I don't work here. 
Oh, there's so much more. Lots of great stories and things you won't believe. Like the one time uh, this dude was caught in a bathroom with his friend and he was slapping them because that was the only way that he could actually legitimately help them. A mall cop comes in with a taser. Oh, yeah, the rest is history. It's going to be fun. There's, uh, well, I don't know, I got like 20 seconds left, so I don't got much more time to tell you another story. But just join me on The RR Show. It's from Evergreen Podcast, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. So The RR Show. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe today. And uh, it's like an adult story time. Let's hang out together. The RR Show. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts.